take the next best step and trust that even though I don't see how this whole staircase is kind of shaping up, I do know that there's something next. All I need to do is just take the next best step. Hey there, this is Patrice from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Redefining Wealth. So excited. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. I've been sharing for the last couple of weeks since I've been on this tour with Paul Mitchell Schools all over the country and going to various churches and different organizations to speak. I have gotten back in the swing because I did take a step back and take some months off, several months off from so much travel. And I've been out there having an opportunity to really speak to people one-on-one after every session. And I'm hearing so many stories that just really strike a chord with me, so many familiar myths or some familiar ways of being that I know prevent us from getting to the wealth that we desire. And if you are new to redefining wealth, we believe that wealth is more than money and material possessions. We believe here that you have to dig deep and do the work and understand that wealth is about well-being. And that requires you to really peel back the layers like an onion, right? Like peel back the layers and go deeper and deeper to see and find the areas where there might be some unfulfillment there, there might be some mindsets, some beliefs or thoughts that are just not supportive of what you say you want. As a matter of fact, they're just plain counterproductive. And so that's a lot of what we do here. And if that is something you are interested in, just really getting to the root of why you have the financial results you have, then I really encourage you to go ahead and subscribe. You're going to love us, me in particular. Now, <laughs> you're going to love it here. And for the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how debt can kind of interrupt your destiny and the myths that go along with that and why it's so prevalent among so many of us. And we've talked about accountability, just really being the secret sauce to abundance and some different ways of looking at accountability. So I definitely encourage you go back to the last few episodes and listen. But today I really wanted to tackle something that I come across quite often and it really disturbs me. And I think I take it so personally because I've been there. So today's title is about vision, not needing validation. Vision doesn't need or require validation. Now, how many times have you received what felt like a divine download? How many times have you been driving or taking a shower or just woken up out of your sleep with an aha moment? And then you jotted it all down or you tried to put it in your phone or commit as much of it as possible to memory so that you could share with a loved one, with maybe a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a good friend. And you're super excited. You're breaking it down. It's going to look like this. It's going to feel like that. It includes this. It, And they give you that blank look. Or there's silence on the phone. You're super excited and you're not hearing any amens, any, oh my gosh, wow. You're not hearing anything. And you stop talking. Your excitement wanes. And before you know it, you're talking yourself out of it because their silence or their lack of enthusiasm has basically reconfirmed fears that you've already had, not necessarily about this idea or this project, but just fears that come up for you over and over again. 
And so instantly, because they're not excited or because they don't get it, you start to go, who am I to think that I can do that? Or why would anyone listen to me anyway? You're right. You know what? It doesn't make any sense. I I didn't really think that through or, uh, yeah, there's already something out there like that and they didn't do anything with it or it didn't really go well. People weren't interested or they might even ask you stuff like, well, why would someone even need that? Why is that something that people need? Of all the things you could do, why would you do that? Can I tell you how many products are out there that we never would have thought we needed, but now that they've been invented, it's like, oh my gosh, what was I doing without it? I mean, velvet hangers, who knew? (laughs) Who knew? The Swiffer Jet, like who knew? In our bathrooms, in my house, we have that poopery. Who knew? Like, (laughs) who knew that would be something that 10 years ago, I had no idea that that was even a concept, right? It's like, there's so many things out there, but because someone hears our vision and doesn't co-sign on it, doesn't get excited with us, doesn't offer some type of affirmation or validation, we will drop million dollar ideas, multi-million dollar ideas. And for some of us, we will drop the idea that'll just make our families an extra two, three, five thousand $5,000 a month, which you know can be life-changing. That can be life-changing. And so one of my favorite, favorite memes that I've ever posted on Instagram, I don't know where I got it from, to be honest, but I saved it in my phone. And every once in a while, I put it on Instagram. And this week, <laughs> I will definitely put it on Instagram again. And it just simply says, validation is for parking. Validation is for parking. That's it. Our vision does not need validation. And I hear so often when I'm on the road, people will say, well, I would be successful if so-and-so supported me. If my husband supported me more and I totally get that dynamic, ladies, and I have you know, the blessing of having a very encouraging and supportive husband, but he hasn't necessarily been supportive of every move that I've made because a lot of things he just didn't understand. It was out of his wheelhouse. And so in those moments, I couldn't depend on his validation. I had to just trust. I had to trust the vision that was imparted to me. I hear if my spouse would support me, if my parents supported me. I've told this story from the stage before that It's only been very, very recent that my father even understands what I do. (laughs) It was just a couple years ago when I was on Dr. Oz and I think there were several media hits I did like Fox News and Dr. Oz and maybe the Steve Harvey show. And there were just like a couple things back to back. And my mom was telling my dad, they're not married. They've been apart for years, but they're good friends. And so my mom was telling my dad about the appearances and I don't think she meant to really tell me. She was just telling me the story and I don't think she understood the impact, but she said that my dad said, all these things are really nice. I hope that she can use them on her resume for when she finds a real job. (sighs) Could you imagine? (laughs) And I can laugh about it now, but at the time, you guys, I was ticked. I was like, what, do, what is wrong with this dude? Like, I'm on national television darn near every month for the last year at that time. Regional television, a nationally syndicated radio show that I've been featured on over and over again and have a weekly segment. 
I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this guy is talking about when I get a real job. Like my dad was literally not really owning the fact that I did have a real job because I didn't go somewhere every day. And so my dad is in his seventies and it's just a different way of thinking. And I'm also Caribbean. So, you know, that adds another level. I think Caribbean and African parents, and maybe there's Hispanic parents that feel this way too. I, I'm only going off of kind of some of the cultures that I know, but where there's this like pressure, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, a pharmacist, <laughs> an engineer and you don't go somewhere every day and work for a big company, it's like lost. It's like you basically are unemployed and doing nothing. And it's taken my dad several years to come around to the fact that I have truly been building a multiple six-figure business this entire time and a very successful one. And so I think about though, even my first business, which was brick and mortar, the real estate and mortgage company, when I was leaving college, I never applied for a job. And I never applied for grad school. And my dad was mortified. He would ask me all the time, like, what I was doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to just run my business. And he just could not. (laughs) And this is from someone who was an entrepreneur pretty much my entire life. But he just could not fathom what I thought I was doing. And I think really for him with the real estate business, having a brick and mortar business where there were people walking around and phones ringing and there was office furniture and my name on a parking spot. I think he could get that. But this different phase of my life, this next phase, he just couldn't get it. But I think about where would I be if I was waiting on my dad's validation, if I was waiting on him to get the vision? Because the truth is, guys, you know, the vision is not given to everyone else. It's given to you. So the responsibility to carry it out is only on us. It's not on other people. It's not on other people. And even when I haven't had the validation of some of the key people in my life, I've just had to trust that if God gave me a vision, then the provision is already there. My job is to stay in faith, take the next best step, and trust that even though I don't see how this whole staircase is kind of shaping up, I do know that there's something next. All I need to do is just take the next best step. And my husband is working on his book right now. I'm actually super excited about it. And I love in the book, he breaks down the difference between an employee mindset, an entrepreneur's mindset, and someone with what he calls the empire state of mind. And he talks about the fact that the visions are different for each one of these people, even when the concept of the business is the same. So essentially, you can all want to start a coffee shop. But if you have an employee mindset, you're going to work in the coffee shop. You're going to do everything. You're going to wear all the hats. It's a local thing. And if you just have a little bit of neighborhood success, then you're okay. You want everyone to know your name. My cheers, right? And then there's the entrepreneur's mindset where you want to do a little bit better than that. Maybe you want to open a couple. Maybe you want to get this one really running, get some systems in place. And then eventually open one cross town. But then you have the empire state of mind, which is my coffee shop will be the next Starbucks. Now, same business idea, completely different levels of vision. Sometimes, and and he says so much, it's so good, but I won't steal his thunder because I'll be interviewing him soon. But here's my point. Like if you have an empire state of mind, which is a big vision, most often the person that you are trying to get this validation from has an employee mentality. 
Now, that's not bad because there's a need for each one of these levels, but they're different and they're distinctly different. And it is very hard to try to explain your empire state of mind to someone with an employee mentality. It's going to be too far out there. It's going to be too crazy. It's going to be too impossible. They're going to look at every reason it won't work. And that doesn't mean that they're pessimistic or that they're bad people or that they're negative, but it's a different mentality. And sometimes when we have these different visions for our lives, we're trying to enroll people in our vision and that just doesn't always work. That just doesn't always work. And we can't expect for other people to always connect to or co-sign on or cheer for our vision. It is unrealistic. And if we hinge our success and our destiny on that, oh my gosh, we'll be doomed. We'll be doomed. I can't tell you how many times I have had a vision for something. And because of listening for too long or too hard to other people, I took a step back, didn't complete it. I think I've shared this before. And then I've seen other people go on to do it quite successfully. I talk about that. I believe it's in the grace and ease episode where I talk about a lot of times because of my own fears or my own ideas that if I went for something bigger in a certain area, that it would require more stress, more strife, more struggle. And then listening to the fears of other people who really laid it on thick with the potential stress and strife and struggle that I didn't move forward. And if I would have approached my goals with this attitude of grace and ease, then I very well could have some of the success or much of the success that I've seen with other people. Now, I'm not bitter. I'm not mad. I've gone on to have great success with other things. But the allowing other people who didn't have the same mentality to really speak to what the possibilities for my vision were, it just, I don't think it was wise for me. It wasn't wise for me. And I can imagine that There are many of you who are listening right now where you know, you know that divine download you got, you know that bright idea, you know that invention, you know that book or that whatever you were supposed to do. And because you were waiting and and looking for and seeking out validation from some very particular people, a spouse, a sibling, a good friend, a mentor, a someone, you pulled up and you held back. And now it's years later and you wish you would have done it. I love in Marshawn's Evans book, Believe Bigger. That's also a fantastic episode. If you want to go back and listen, it'll be in the show notes. But I love in the book, she says, people know when they are not capable of going with you to the next level. Mm, Listen to that. People know when they are not capable of going with you to the next level. It shows up in the form of them doing dumb-ish to remove themselves. It shows up in the form of them doing dumb-ish. Now, how does that apply? I think sometimes the very people that we are seeking validation from, they know it's a great idea. But they also know that if you really were to exercise that great idea and go to the next level, it could mean leaving them behind. Or it could mean going into a territory that they are just unfamiliar with and unprepared to walk with you in. 
And instead of allowing you to go there and start, instead of releasing you to dream big and live your best life, right? Even being okay with failing, but knowing that you tried to do something that had never been done before for you or in your family or in your immediate circle, instead of that, and it's not any shade on them, but it's more comfortable for them for you to keep your vision small and that circle smaller as long as it includes them. And the truth is many people don't have the capacity to hold your vision. Myself included, because I see it a lot as a coach. Many of us don't have the capacity to hold your vision. And it's not because we're not smart or because we don't believe in you or because there's no need in the marketplace or the industry says otherwise. A lot of times we're just so confused on what we're trying to do in our life that you just can't expect us to have complete clarity on what you should do. You can't expect other people to have the capacity to hold your vision for you. Many of us can barely hold the vision that we have. And so sometimes even with me as a coach, I work with people to bring their purpose out every month. I have clients that come to me every month and people who want to talk to me about becoming clients. And several times out of 10, I will say no, because I don't have the capacity to hold everyone's vision. When there are some people with certain topics, and it's it's not so much the industry, sometimes it's the angle that people want to go for. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I will tell someone, I totally get it. I get the vision. I see what you're trying to do. I don't have the capacity to walk you through that. And as a coach, I'm really particular about the people that I work with because if I'm going to support you in your vision, it's not a matter of me giving you validation, but I'm saying I need to have the capacity to hold that vision with you, to hold the space, to keep you accountable and keep you moving forward. Even when you get timid or afraid or your fears really come out and you don't have the space to do it for yourself. But what I do tell people, even when I don't necessarily feel I'm the one, I always remind them, don't think that because I am choosing not to support you in this season in that way that that's mean taking away any affirmation or validation about what you're doing. If you feel called to do it, your calling is your confirmation. Don't let me, any other mentor, any other coach, anybody take that away from you. Your calling is your confirmation. If you feel so inclined to do something that you can't sleep at night or a day or a few hours or a week can't go by without you fantasizing about it, then you're being called And a calling is much stronger than applying for a job. When you are called to something, that is all the validation you need. Because that is the Holy Spirit telling you, I got you. Keep moving forward. Keep going. I always imagine kind of an angel in front of me walking backwards with their hands kind of making the, you know, when a baby is just walking and you keep backing up right? So that they can take the next best step and they can take their next step and they can take their next step, but you're there if they stumble. And if they stumble, you'll help them get back up and then take the next best step. That's what I envision when I think of my vision and being called to it. That's why I'm not trying to sprint. I'm not trying to run anywhere. I'm willing to walk and take the next best step. And I'm committed to that walk right? I'm committed to getting back up no matter what happens and moving forward. But I also feel that comfort 
again, I think if God gave you the vision, he'll give you the provision. So I see that angel in my mind as the provision, that force that's just keeping me moving forward. And so I want to give you three things to consider, especially if you've been challenged in this area with always wanting validation for the visions that you have. Because I believe that wealth is our birthright and I believe the way to our wealth is through really executing on the visions that we have because they're so unique. They're so particular. The visions that are being given to you that make no sense to me and mine make no sense to you. But there's a reason that we are also uniquely called, that we are uniquely gifted that we are crafted in such a way that there are certain things that really speak to me and give me energy that you have no interest in and vice versa. And so you got to keep that in mind when you're sharing the vision with other people, it just does not resonate with them. And that's not wrong. It just doesn't. We just have to learn to accept it and be our own cheerleader, be our own advocate. I know it gets lonely. I know it gets hard. I know it gets difficult. I know it feels sad sometimes, especially when you hear about other people talking about all the support that they get. If you have that level of support 24-7, God bless you. But for those of you who, like myself, have had different seasons where we had no support and we had to validate our own vision, God bless you. Because that takes work. That really, really does to push past the feelings of loneliness or like no one else gets it. But the fact that you're still here means that there's still vision left in you and you can start to validate that vision for yourself. And I want to give you three things to consider. The first one is when you have to respond to someone who doesn't get the vision, there's really four simple words here. It's really simple and I've used it a million times in a million different ways. And it's thank you for sharing. That's it, because they're only sharing from the depth of their knowledge and experience, from the depth of their wisdom. There's no reason to argue. There's no reason to get bent out of shape. The truth is that sometimes you have vision beyond what others can comprehend, and you have to embrace and accept that vision as yours and yours alone. And that's actually really good, because if everyone around you had the same vision, The competition will be too deep. (laughs) God did you a solid by making sure no one else got it, right? I love the story I've heard about Oprah when she was fired from her first job because she was told that she lacked the ability to separate her emotions from the story. Oprah lacked the ability to separate her emotions from the story. And what has made Oprah who she is? All that personality and all of those emotions that she puts into her work. That was not common, That was not the norm, but the idea of that, putting her emotions into her story, that was the vision. And that vision didn't not only did not only did it not need validation, it didn't get validation. And she still stuck with it and was authentic to herself. I've told you guys a story before about when my husband and I were pitching me for this local money minute type of segment on a radio station in the Midwest that the program director came back and said that my voice was hideous. I had recorded a few to give them a feel. Said my voice was hideous. Hideous. I had never heard that before. 
made me question my voice, made me go, really? Wow, what is it? What happened? (laughs) And the truth is my vision all along had been to do national media, but we went for a local opportunity thinking that was the gateway, right? That was the natural path to take to get a nationally syndicated radio segment. But what happened? You fast forward a couple years later, not only did I go on to start my own radio show with a friend uh, in Atlanta that did really well, later on, I did get picked up by the Steve Harvey Morning Show and I was there for four years. I just stopped. (laughs) Just last month, April 2018 is when I stopped, but I did April 2014 to April 2018, every week, a nationally syndicated segment. That was the vision. That was the vision to begin with. And it's still, national media is still a part of my greater vision. I'm just embracing different opportunities as I really grow in this redefining wealth space, as I really see myself more than just a financial expert. I'm more than money. And so redefining wealth represents so many different areas of life and I'm branching out to do more things. But the point is, The validation or lack of validation from that one person could have jeopardized the vision had we let it. How many opportunities have been missed at this point because someone didn't validate one step of your journey? How much has been missed at this point? And by the opportunities missed, you realize we're also talking about money missed. Opportunities to build wealth at this point have been missed because someone somewhere who just did not have the capacity to support you in your vision, not because they're evil, not because they're mean, not because they're haters. They just don't have the capacity. They just didn't know any better. And instead of arguing with them, if we would just say thank you for sharing and politely move on and continue to work our vision and know that. The provision is there. So whether we need to find new resources or meet new people, that's neither here nor there, but that's just a part of it. The second thing I want you to consider if you have been struggling with, you know, getting validation on your vision is an exercise called Crazy Eight. And I love this. Uh, Next week, I'll be interviewing Sharia Jackson. She's an editor from Essence Magazine and the new author of a wonderful book called Boss Bride. And don't get thrown off by that title. Just go on ahead and subscribe and come back next week because it is phenomenal. Read it in one trip to North Carolina, see my niece graduate. And I read it on the plane there and back and it was absolutely phenomenal. And in the book, Sharia talks about crazy eight, this exercise where you look at what are eight ways your vision can come to pass. Mm. What are eight ways? Like if you just let your imagination go, what are eight ways that your vision can come to pass? And I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to have her tell the story in her interview because that's how she met Oprah. A part of doing that exercise brought her experience to life. And I am so big on writing the vision and making it plain. And so this crazy eight exercise really excited me. And so think about that because I've always been big on writing the vision, but I love that she put a name to it and uh, a number and, and really made it a concrete exercise. So crazy eight, what are eight ways your vision can come to pass? And so tune in next week because Sheree is going to break that all the way down. And then the last one I would say is just commit to the vision. 
commit to the vision. A lot of times we have visions that we're interested in, interested in. And in the results, not resolutions episode, we talked about the difference between being interested in something, being interested in a goal and being committed to it. And I believe it was Lisa Nichols, who was my speaking coach. You may have seen her in The Secret. And so Lisa and I were talking and I don't remember how it came up, but I'll never forget how it made me feel and how it shifted my life. And that was stay committed to the vision, not attached to how you get there. Mm. Stay committed to the vision, not attached to how you get there. And I would have to add, and not attached to who is on the journey with you. Because we have very specific ideas and feelings about who should feel what, who should do what, who should support us how, who should validate us. And you're getting beside the point. Commit to the vision. What is the end goal? What are the results you're trying to achieve? What is this supposed to look like in the end? I knew that I wanted to do nationally syndicated media in some form or fashion. I was not attached to how I got there. And by not being attached, it opened up the space to build relationships that created opportunities. If it only could look a certain way, if it only could look a certain way, then I would have missed out on a phenomenal opportunity that has truly blessed my life for the last four years. So stay committed to the vision, but not attached to how you get there and not attached to any one person's validation of the vision. You cannot spend your life trying to fit into someone else's expectations or ideals. It's a miserable place to be. I've tried it once or twice. It sucks. (laughs) You have to accept that because of the vision that you've been uniquely called to, your path is different. They made a different mold for you. And the only flaw, the only flaw is the uniqueness of who you were called to be. If there is a flaw in your vision, if there is a problem with it, and again, be coachable, be flexible. I'm not saying that your idea is the best and brightest and it doesn't need some work. That's where coaching comes in. But what I'm saying is the uniqueness of who you were called to be, it could be the only thing that someone can talk about. But if you feel in your spirit, in your mind, like you can't think about anything else, you can't sleep without thinking about it, you can't do anything else. Uh, let me tell you, I did not set out as a child or even in college to be considered as a personal finance expert. <laughs> I knew that I was called to inspire other people. I knew that I was always the person folks came to for advice, but I've never been attached to how that came about. And I did not choose purposely at eight, 10, 15 years old, I'm going to be a personal finance expert. Who does that? (laughs) Who does that? And so by the time I decided I would say by the time it chose me and I started to share with people, it felt like it came out of nowhere and I just didn't receive all the validation that I thought I would or I should or I could. But I'm also glad that I've embraced the fact that I'm unique. Even though there's other people out there that do similar things, I'm unique because no one brings to it the experience 
and the examples or just the thought process behind it because that's uniquely me. You're uniquely you. They broke the mold on both of us, right? Our paths are different, which means that everyone won't get the vision and that's okay. So give yourself permission to let go of any validation you felt like you needed in order to truly run with your vision. Give yourself permission to let go. I hope that blesses you. I really, really do. I would love to know if you had any great takeaways, any aha moments. Make sure that you head to redefiningwealthpodcast.com. Find this episode and leave me a comment. Have you been holding yourself back because of waiting on the validation of others? Is there anything you can do? The crazy eight exercise, recommit to your vision, right? Just learn the script. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Like, what can you do to help yourself push past the need for the validation of others? I really would love to hear from you. In social media, I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW, and I would love for you to take two seconds and rate and review this episode. Leave comments if you're listening on YouTube or on patricewashington.com or even in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I love, love, love reading your comments. I love reading your reviews and just knowing that this work matters. It's really good to know what you take away from it because it also helps me continue to create content that can really move you to not only improving your finances, but improving your life in general. So make sure you connect with me because the only reason I'm here, the only reason I'm here is because I want to help you live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Later.